small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Kyle Dotson. And Kyle joining us tonight is the director and producer of the new documentary called Chicago, The Terry Kath Experience. Please welcome Terry Kath's lovely daughter, Michelle Kath Sinclair. Say hello, Michelle. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Thank you for coming early. Thank you for being friendly. <laughs> Apparently, if you're not early, you're late. That's what I say. I say there is no early. <laughs> you're, you're, you're on time or you're late. Yep. And you are on time. Thank you. So now I before we, before we start, because we're going to be talking about um, the life of Michelle's dad and I, Terry Kath from Chicago, and I don't want to uh, I don't want to stop the flow of the show and have to promote my Bose headphones. So we told Michelle we would do this right up front. Michelle, I'm a horrible cold reader. So even uh, though you've been reading the same copy for about same, six months yep, now, yep. <laughs> so let's have fun with it, guys. Yeah. This episode of the Rock Solid Podcast is brought to you by Bose, the engineers behind some of the world's best audio products, including the Bose QuietComfort 35 noise-canceling headphones. Now, Michelle, let me ask you a question. Did you know that Bose literally invented the technology of noise-canceling almost 40 years ago? Oh, I did not. Well, they did. (laughs) 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 Because they believe that by blocking out unwanted sounds and distractions, you can get immersed in what you truly love. I'm immersed right now. See, isn't that fantastic? Already, (laughs) I love this guest. All of the on-air talent here at the Rock Solid Podcast use the Bose QuietComfort 35 headphones during our recording because we want to hear what you're going to hear. Bose. Get closer. Very good, Kyle. All right. Yeah. See, that's what we have to do. <laughs> I didn't even do, read that. You didn't do that. You have your two words memorized. Yep. Real good at that. All right. I got a ton of I got a ton of questions for Michelle. First of all, the documentary, I, I caught it when it debuted on uh, direct TV on AXS TV. Yes. They showed it did they show it one time or did they show it two times? They showed it quite a few. I think more than two. Uh, that's too many. We want people <laughs> to buy it. I know. But it's amazing how many people don't have that's true. That channel. That's true. It w- I, I don't have cable. So I had to call around and see which one of my friends had it. <laughs> so I had to go watch it live with commercials, which was weird. It is weird with commercials. <laughs> it is weird. But um, I watched it and as soon as, like right in the middle of it, I'm immediately in my head. I'm like, all right, well, I have to get Michelle on the show. Yes. And um, because I loved, I loved it. I loved it so much. You oh, did a great you. job. It really, it's, 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 a, it's a great story. It's a... It's a sad story, mm-hmm. but it's 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 also joyful at times, and um, and yeah, I just loved it. You did a fantastic job. This is your first film. This is yes, my first film. What is your what is your normal vocation? What does let's let's find out about Michelle before we well, do anything else. Besides being a mom, <clears throat> how many kids? <laughs> Two kids uh, and a husband. Well, he can take care of himself. <laughs> I hope. Uh, how, you got, have girls or boys? Two boys. How old are your boys? 12 and 6. 
12 and 6. So I am in a house of all boys, including I'm, the animals. I'm in a house of all girls, oh. including the animals. We have a oh female cat. Oh my gosh, we're like the counterpart. Do you have a dog or a cat? <laughs> Two cats. We have one cat, but still, yeah, we're the same. <laughs> we're, yes. We're the same it. people. Um, we should cry on each other's shoulders. We might. You, we might during the show. Hopefully, I won't tear up during the show because Kyle, how many, how often do I do that? Almost every show. <laughs> I'm such a. You know, is, is it a softy or is a wimp? Which one do we call it? It depends what we're talking. Like today, it would be softy. Okay. Uh, so okay, so you're okay. you're at home with the you're at home with the kids, but what? But what? I know you do more. Yes. Besides that, I'm actually a DJ. Uh, and you're on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter, actually. No, I found, I've been tweeting at a Twitter account. For Terry Kath or for? For like ladies. Lady Lady Sinclair. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Is that you? (laughs) It is, but I can't tell you the last time I went on Twitter. (laughs) I know, but when I, but I, that's, so Um, you do have a Twitter, you just don't use it. I do have a Twitter, but I abandoned it because it was like, I had no interaction on it. There wasn't, for me, Twitter is kind of like, nah. I wasn't exciting. (laughs) Whereas on Instagram... That's where I, I really... So where where do you live on Instagram? Let uh, us let DJ, our listeners know. DJ Lady Sinclair. And that is where you're out on Twitter, but it's a dead zone over there. It's kind of a dead zone. All right. Kind of. No. I gave up on it. I'm bored. Well, I'll stop. <laughs> I'll stop. I'll stop tweeting at uh, you. I know. I gave up. It's like, you know what? It, for me, there's too much social media, mm-hmm. too many avenues, mm-hmm. and I needed to pick one because I can't update. Right. You know. But now, four things every time I want to post. That's true. But it's now, ridiculous. now with a film out, you really have to do some promotion. So the funny thing about these social media avenues is for the DJ aspect, mm-hmm. we've abandoned stuff and focused on one thing. But for Terry Kath and the Terry Kath fan group mm-hmm. and everything, I've kept the Twitter page going and Facebook going. Okay. And because I feel like that the audience, there is a reaction. I get reaction out of people. Like if I post something on Twitter for my dad's stuff, there's like, like I get reposts and people writing back and think I, I didn't get that for myself. Gotcha. <laughs> <Twitter>. <laughs> so, but, but I thought it was important to keep it open for the fan group, but yeah. And so DJing, what type of DJing do you do? Um, I DJ not on the radio, which is the first thing everyone right. says. Oh, cool. You're on the radio. And then, no, I'm not. <laughs> but you're not a wedding DJ. I am actually. You are a wedding DJ. And I'm, I will make that I sound will, more positive than it yes. just did. You're, you don't do weddings. I was do about you? to explain myself. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, but what I mean, well, it's a, it is a dirty word, isn't it, for a DJ? But um, I think for me, I, I've been a DJ for a really long mm-hmm. time and, you know, I was very on one stream of what, what I wanted to DJ and where I wanted to DJ. And as time went on, it's like really hard to chase jobs. And I yeah. was like, I just want to make some money. So I started doing DJ, do, doing weddings for the money and doing what the cool jobs that I like for the people I like playing what I want on mm-hmm. other, other times. But then I hooked up with my DJ partner and I was like, well, we could really make some good money if we keep doing these weddings and more seriously. So we started a company called Hot Mobile Disco and just started doing weddings. But we don't just do weddings. We do weddings and private events like big L.A. I mean, in L.A., there's always something really crazy. A bar mitzvah? (laughs) No. Well, that that is true. Okay. There's probably one of those every week. All right. But we don't do those really. Okay. I'm talking more like Emmys and you know. Oh, okay. Big thing. Okay. Big thing. And do you, do you actually do the DJing or you hire farming out these jobs to other people? Both, I guess. Mm -hmm. Both. I mean, we started from the ground. So it's like, 
we we wanted to do this thing where we were still DJing in mm-hmm. LA and doing our thing, but then people would come up to us and be like, oh my God, I'm getting married. And we'd be like, we got you. <laughs> like, we've got the whole thing right. going on. So me and her would go and do the whole thing. Like we would bring the sound equipment, set it up. DJ, like a wedding is seven hours. So yeah. you're on site for like 10 hours. I was at a hours. wedding last night, yes. I and mean, they're long. And so, and then we'd pack the gear up at the end and go home. And we did that for a good three years on our own while we built the company up trying to just be able to get to the point where we were like sending out other people and hiring people to help us with our gear. Yes. <laughs> but it's good. We put in good groundwork and we DJ really amazing parties and we get to DJ with some really cool people. And the weddings are, I, you know, I used to be like, no, I'm not going to tell anyone that I do weddings and I'm going to do it under this un- company name and no one will know it's me. But now I'm like, hell yeah. yeah. Weddings are awesome. Everyone's there to have a good time. You can literally play anything and they're like, yay. Yep. <laughs> you know, no one's like, let me get so cool. <laughs> like turn off this music, you know. No, everyone wants but, to celebrate the, the couple and dance and have a good time. But I don't just do weddings. Like I'm not a wedding <laughs> DJ. I wouldn't say right. I'm a wedding DJ. No, and that's what, what I meant. That's what I, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. What was the, What's the biggest event you've ever DJed at? Oh, man. There's been quite a few. I mean. One, I, I did DJ at the Ministry of Sound in London. That was pretty awesome. Wow, that is cool. Yeah, that was fun. And then size-wise, it's interesting because like probably some of the biggest weddings were private events where there was like eight, nine, or a thousand people. I've never done any... Well, actually, maybe I have opened up for people at like the Two Life Crew once. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's random. But, um, you know... Nothing massive, like not like an EDM DJ, right. big festivals or anything. And But your DJ, you are DJ Lady Sinclair. Yes. Is that what people have to address you as? Yes. Well, you don't. No. Or, or your kids. You your kids have to, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we know what you do when you're not making films. Yes. Do you think you'll make another film? I hope so. I, this was a crash course. I'm not a filmmaker. I never Mm -hmm. went to film school, but I learned everything there is you need to know about making your first film, which is crazy. And if I had the opportunity to do it again, I know I've made mistakes. Mm -hmm. I've, there's been problems and issues and things we'd have had to deal with. And I could definitely like, I almost want the challenge to execute something again, maybe with more ease or. And would you know. it be would it be a documentary again, or would it be something that you might write and yeah, film? No, I think a documentary. Mm-hmm. I want that challenge again for sure. That would be fun. Well, look, I've seen a lot of documentaries. We've talked about a lot of documentaries on here. Um, there was another Chicago. Uh, there was a Chicago yeah. documentary that came yeah. out early in the year. Peter Pardini was on here. Yeah. But this is different awesome. from that. This is a yeah. whole different thing. This is this is specific. Mm-hmm. But yet you you got access to everyone. <laughs> yeah. You got Jimmy Gersio, you got Peter yeah. Cetera. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So this must. So, so for me, when I watched it, I was like, no matter what animosity there is in the Chicago family, the thing that brings them together is the love they had for your dad. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. It's did, so cool. Did you uh with. When you were growing up, were these um, were were the members of Chicago? Were they? I don't want to say surrogate fathers, but were they in your life at all? Were they like uncles or? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, in my memory, when I was really young, um, and this will have been obviously close to after my father passed, mm-hmm. I remember being a part of things a lot when I was really young and hanging out with the kids all the time. Yeah, in certain 
you know, as time passed and people kind of get on with their lives, yeah. certain people stayed close in my mm-hmm. life and certain, and some people I was like, Oh, what happened to them? We were all friends. But I think my mom stayed really close in touch with the ladies. Yeah. And that's the in the documentary. In it says that the, that the wives really got along really well. I know. And you know, I actually was really setting this up because I wanted to get all the wives together and mm-hmm. put them in a room and just have them all tell stories because their Terry Kath stories are so good. <laughs> but it was like at some point you have to like be like, okay, like we need to stop filming. <laughs> yeah, it's like No one really was like pushing for that idea for me, but I always thought it was cool because I always liked the, f- the female perspective. Mm-hmm. On that, and I think women like the idea that they could have been like a '70s groupie lady. Not like <laughs> are are these uh, are 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 any of these wives that you would get together in the room? Are they still married to the members of Chicago? No. Oh, that might be a t- <laughs> you, Michelle. You might have a TV show here, like I'm the like, real hmm. the real housewives of of Chicago, Chicago. <laughs> but not of the town Chicago, of the band yes. Chicago. That's I didn't cool. think about that for a second. Actually, no, none of them are. But they hmm. all have some interesting perspective. I bet they do. Or story or something he did or something he did for them mm. or, you know, those. I was like, oh, God, this is, it's almost like the female perspective of Terry Kath right. as opposed to the male perspective, which was, you know, well, the male, or whatever. the male perspective from the members of Chicago, they, not a dry eye in the house. Uh, when they're talking <laughs> everybody was like you realize you're about to make a bunch of grown men cry well i don't think <laughs> I, like, I, don't, oh God, I actually I don't, <laughs> I don't think peter cried but he had sunglasses, he had sunglasses on so he on, might have been so we don't know did you ask him to take tear, the sunglasses off a little tear. no i'm not gonna ask him <laughs> i'm like you want to wear your sunglasses that's fine and chew gum i think he was chewing gum chewing gum doing you, everything you, you don't know, want him to like, do i'm not gonna say no. right you're like i can't believe i, I got him so um was, was it hard to get these the, was it hard to get anyone to participate or did everyone immediately say oh yeah absolutely yeah i mean i think uh, the I did the band right away. Like they were, I reached out to Robert and Walt and everyone mm-hmm. right away. And they were like, yes, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Interviewed them right away. Got that out the box. And I don't think anyone thought that it was going to go anywhere. And then I just started ticking the box from there, okay. knowing that Peter would probably be, the, might not even say yes. Mm-hmm. So I kind of started to build the story and getting as many interviews as I can. And everyone Everyone was like, okay, cool. And I you, mean, Gershio was like, okay. I mean, I have this idea in my head yeah. of, of really talking about Caribou Ranch. Okay, come come on down. And everyone said, yeah. And then once I had the story and I felt confident enough to go to Peter, I went to Peter. <laughs> with- and and just so people know, uh, Jimmy Gershio produced all of the Terry Kath era Chicago mm-hmm. albums at his studio, the Caribou Ranch yeah. in Colorado. Yeah. And... Um, and uh, yeah, and he also produced Blood, Sweat, and Tears. He's a yeah. pretty amazing guy. The thing I thought was really interesting that I didn't even realize is that Gershio, after my dad passed, Gershio didn't do any more music with them. Mm-hmm. So I think that sound of Chicago is, is also a combination. You know, some people are like, oh, without Terry. But there, it's interesting that Gershio wasn't yeah. there. He's like the George Martin. He's like the, uh, how many members are in Chicago? Like George <laughs> Martin's the fifth Beatle. Garcia was the yeah. the eighth mm-hmm. Chicago member or whatever. Ooh, or whatever that is. is controversial, I guess. Well, for, I mean, for maybe for those, for not, those it's not for me, yeah, but for, yeah. for the band yeah, members, the it band. might be. Uh, I bet your dad would say that's true if he was yeah. He, uh, here. Yeah, I mean, you can't deny. I don't. I mean, I don't think they could even deny that that he was 
you know, being yeah. part of that. I think, I mean, there's many, many bands that have a, a specific producer, like, like Billy Joel, all his popular albums mm. were produced by Phil Ramone. I mean, it's, that's just how it is. You find someone that, that you gel with in the studio that mm. gets what you're doing and doesn't give you much pushback creatively. And you want to go with that person. Yeah. My favorite Tom Petty albums are produced by Jimmy Iovine. I mean, yeah. it's just, that's how it nice. is. Um, I haven't even looked at my notes yet. Ah. Much talking. <laughs> too much talking. Uh, not too much talking, <laughs> Michelle. Maybe on my end. Um, let's hear a little bit of, this is from the first Chicago album called Chicago Transit Authority. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't know that Chicago, their first album came out in the 60s, mm. 1969. Almost 50 years. I know. Anniversary coming up. It's crazy. And uh, this is the first song on the album. It's Introduction. Mm. I believe your dad wrote this. Yes. And in the documentary, it says this is his way to introduce the band to the world. Yeah. And I'm not sure where I have it queued up to, Kyle, but just let's play uh, Introduction. And then Kyle, if any of the songs have parentheses and another, um, that means that that's where the solo is that I want to play. Oh, okay. Does this one have a solo? Yep. Nope. Yeah. Oh, it does. Okay. Let's hear Terry's solo for introduction. I do not play guitar, but I can air guitar the hell out oh, of that yeah. one. Do <laughs> you play? Fun. Do you play guitar? Do your I kids play, play guitar? guitar? My son is learning guitar. Um, but you have music uh, in your DNA because yeah. you you DJ. You obviously I love like to music. Think so, <laughs> uh, do your kids have some talent? Uh, we'll see. I guess. I mean, my son definitely can. Yeah, he definitely has an ear in there for sure. Cool. But we'll see as he progresses how. <laughs> Oh God. No, he picked up the ukulele and has been teaching himself stuff. That's, like, would you like to, you know, maybe? Do no, this is weird because <laughs> we're talking about how we, we have some things uh, similar. Mm. My 13-year-old my started to play the ukulele. Well. Just this summer. Does she like 21 Pilots? She, she does like 21. That's they the both kid. like 21 Pilots. That's the thing. He plays the ukulele. So I think. There's a lot of 13-year-olds that want to play the ukulele because of 21 Pilots. Have you seen 21 Pilots in concert? Yes. So have I. So good. I saw them at the Greek, the, the Greek Theater. My children made me a fan. It was great. Yeah, they're great. It was one of the it, best concerts really I've good. seen. Yeah. That's so, so much good. energy. Oh, it's so good. And the, the audience was a wide uh, uh, range of ages, too. Yeah. It wasn't just kids or teenagers. There were people your age and then people my age. So... um. <laughs> Uh, let me get this. What, here's what some people that are in the doc. Here's some people that are in the documentary. Jeff Lynn, 
Joe Walsh, Steve Lukather, Mike Campbell. Jeff Lynn says your dad was the fastest guitar player he's ever seen. Uh, Steve Lukather, Lukather says way ahead of his time. Uh, Coltrane-esque. Mm. And uh, Joe Walsh said uh, brilliant. And Mike Campbell said 25 or 624, one of the greatest guitar solos of all time. I mean, those are, those are amazing musicians. Those are his peers. When, they're, when you're sitting across from them, and they're telling you stuff like this. Were you getting chills? Were you getting goosebumps? I'm so excited. Like the minute someone says something, like you know, you're like, oh my God, that's the one that's going in the film. <laughs> and you're like, please, because you don't know, like, and you know, and some people had a lot of things to say, mm-hmm. and some people maybe just had, you know, not that much to say. Yeah. But when you hear something and you hear the thing that you would, you're like, yes. <laughs> that's all I need to hear right now. And um, I mean, obviously they wouldn't be doing the interview if they didn't have anything at all. Right. They, you know, if, yes. I've ha- they, they I, would I, say, I oh, no. some polite declines oh. on, on interviews. Um, I cast I'll ask the, you who those were yeah. off, uh, off mic. <laughs> well, I had, uh, you know, I cast the net wide mm-hmm. and in hopes to get, you know, a good handful of people. I mean, I, I would have loved to interview or like y'all, we were done filming and I'd hear more people like, Oh, did you hear that slash is a big fan of your wow. dad? I'm like, what? <laughs> if we're already done. I cannot add this can't interview add in. anything Get else in. Um, but yeah, I mean some moments you're I'm just sitting there and then they say these things and I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. I can't believe this person well, sitting across from me. Uh, saying the these. people you got are legendary. Yeah. Jeff Lynn, Joe Walsh, Steve yeah. Lukather, Mike yeah. Campbell. I mean, Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, How long did you have with each one of those people? Um, I had a good amount of time with each one, um, and each one is in a different location, so it just depended. Um, and and with those artists, it wasn't as long as you know, let's say Gershio or Peter right. or any from the band. You know, I had maybe three or four main questions, mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm not going to take up a lot of your time. I'll come to you, like whatever you want. I'll come to you. We're going to keep it really easy. And so, you know, maybe an hour with each one, you know, it's very respectful. That's of, great like, that you can get a lot of stuff and, out in an hour. Yeah. I mean, cause really with each one of those, you're hoping for a couple good sound bites. Right. Um, the thing with Joe Walsh though, is that he actually knew my dad and they hung out yeah. in the early days. So because I got, the I mean, James gang played yeah. with CTA. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff now that I think that Joe Walsh said that I'm like, Oh God, we didn't put that in the movie. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> no, but there's a, there's 30 minutes of extras on the DVD. Yeah. So maybe some maybe we'll hear some of that stuff then. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm uh, see, I'm not <laughs> like you. I, I'm not like you. You're like you're very nice about how long you want you. The, I I will only take up a short amount of your time. Uh, I locked the room. You you can't even leave. I, I told Michelle I go this would be about ninety minutes easily. <laughs> how long have we three been doing? hours later. three hours later? I have had some people in here like two plus hours. I, you know, and they um. But they enjoyed it. You're having yeah. fun. You're yeah. Like, you're, you're well, you know, it's interesting for me because, um, you know, I did a couple Kickstarter campaigns mm. to get this going. And to do the Kickstarter campaigns, I was like, oh, we need to promote this somehow. Mm. Let's like try to get people to talk about mm. it. So I've done a couple of interviews for radio and things like that. But this is the first one in person. Oh, like, good. I can look oh, in the eyes. It's a rock solid <laughs> exclusive. <laughs> and um, one of the first one, well, the first interview out after the films come out. So... I'm actually the first person that saw it <laughs> out in the world. No one saw it before I did. Yep. Uh, now, this is good. Now, you're saying about Kickstarter and stuff. This isn't on my list. Of, I'm not even looking. At, I'm just going with the flow. Um, see, I think a lot of people out in the world would think, well, 
Well, she has Terry Kath money, mm. so she oh my God, so yeah. she can. You know what I mean? That's how. Oh, well, you like, should if people see some on, of the comments on Facebook. Oh, let's see. It's people great. are mean. Are they mean <laughs> comments? Oh, there's as much as there's good ones. I think there's bad ones, but. That's Here's, the world we live in. It's a lesson, and I say this to my kids. It's like if you put yourself out there in any f- shape or form, yeah. whatever the medium, you're probably going to get fifty percent of the people that like you, and fifty mm-hmm. percent of the people are going to hate you. And that's just that's just life. Well, on this show, we've, we, we, yeah, we've gone on iTunes but, and we've read uh, bad reviews because it's it's hysterical. It's just funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we just read them on here because we, we know they're <laughs> listening. Yeah, we, we know, know they yeah. still like going listen. in. Yeah, so we just read them. Oh, man. But uh, yeah, so that's so yeah, I think. Again, I think when you're a, a child of a celebrity or a child mm. of someone famous who has a catalog of work, I think people automatically think that you just have that money and you can, and, and, but you're, you went, you work, yeah. you obviously work and you did Kickstarters. Yeah. Were the Kickstarters obviously successful? They were successful and each one went over the amount we wanted to raise. That's great. And um, uh, I, actually the first Kickstarter this woman helped me to execute it. Mm-hmm. She's like, you do realize you'll need three to, to do this film. You'll need to do three fundraising efforts. And I was like, God, I can't do that. Yeah. Cause to you my feel like, group. yeah, yes. And then feel, we yeah. got to the point where I needed to do the second one. And I was like, okay, it's been a couple of years though. I'll do the second Kickstarter. And then when that was done, I was like, I do not want to go back to Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So then the last portion of money was raised internally just through making phone calls and being like, you know, I'll pay you back. <laughs> That's good though. <laughs> if I can. Uh, I'm going to go back to you interviewing the the band members from Chicago. Do you have to reach out to their people or do you have direct contacts to these people? Oh, with actually with the band Chicago, Mm. I had direct contacts. Um, You know, a lot of them I've kept, you know, we have relationships with the kids. We've, I called them the Chicago kids. We all knew (laughs) each other. And so, um, and some people, you know, most of them I had direct contact with. Okay, good. Yeah. These are just things that I'm curious about. I don't know if, you know, when I interview someone, I try to ask questions that maybe someone who watches the film would wonder about. Yeah, and, oh, and, that's true. And I'm a fan of the film, and so I try to interview like a fan. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah. You can swear too if you want. <laughs> I don't know if you swear, but feel free. Fuck yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, let's play a little bit of. Now I got to be honest. When um when I first heard the Chicago Transit Authority album, and Freeform guitar comes on. Mm. That's just insane to me. Yeah. I'm just like, this is crazy. Uh, Joe Walsh uh, talks about, um, Joe Walsh says in the documentary, how in the world does he get a guitar to sound like that? He goes like, I know what he's doing, but I don't know how he's, yeah. you know, because the I say this all the time, it's, uh, it's going to bore my listeners, but the best guitarists have their own tone and their mm. own sound. And when you hear them, you know who it is. And uh, let's hear a little freeform guitar from CTA. Chicago Transit Authority. If someone played that for me and I didn't know who it was and they said, oh, that's uh, early Black Sabbath or that's some heavy metal, I, because I, it doesn't sound like <laughs> Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> I like that Jimmy Garcia just said, just, just do that thing do you that do because they wanted, they needed, a, they need a little bit more time on the album, <laughs> double album. Yeah. They need just a little extra. The, um, it's so funny too. Like your dad, he, 
he has he has a soulful voice, but then he plays this. I call I call it. Uh, I coined this phrase tonight. It's like a a, a masculine muscular mm. guitar. So it's Ooh. like you put these two things together. You can put that on the uh, box of the DVD okay. if you like. No, it's like these two things together are so. And your dad, he's kind of he was like kind of a bigger, like a gruff guy too. Yeah. You know what I mean? He yeah. was like, you know, t-shirt and you know, long hair and you know, it's. But except in the except when they're on Dick Clark's Rock and Eve, <laughs> when they cut to that, it's so they're all he's in all tuxedos. Your dad was all clean cut. His hair was short. Yeah. And 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 the Beach Boys were the ones that weren't clean cut. They have all these <laughs> grubby beards. Apparently, that was whole thing. Apparently, is my dad's idea to do that whole thing. To do work with the Beach Boys or to be or on to be on the, the and dress that way and and do like a really classy evening. Well, they did it. <laughs> the, for once in their life, they did. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, uh, let's go to. This is a this is a cover. It's so funny, though. I bet a lot of people think that this is an original Chicago tune. Mm. Let's listen to, also from the first album, let's listen to I'm a Man. What do you think of those headphones? The headphones, I'm totally immersed. <laughs> <laughs> is that the? Is that the? Sure, quote, the, that's good. You can say whatever you want. You could say I hate I, these. I'm isolated in my own mind. <laughs> now, what was uh, what was the catalyst for you deciding to make this film, and how long ago did you start the process? Um, well, there is actually physically going out and starting the process, which mm-hmm. is actually filming the first thing right. ever. Then there is the idea, the idea in my mind, which was wait 10 years ago. I don't even know now how long ago the idea in my mind was probably about 10, 11 years ago. Um, and then, and then one day, well, basically it started with the frustration of no one knowing who he was, you know, him not being in the top 100 guitarists of all time. That's crazy. These lists that happen and him just not being acknowledged at all, but yet having all these other people that, you know, keep saying his peers or, you know, guitar people and yeah. people being like, Oh my God, Terry Kath, what a, what an amazing guitarist. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's why? And you know, it's like you say how that song, it sounds like black Sabbath, but it's in Chicago. So yeah. then it's almost dismissive that he's this iconic rock guitarist. Yeah. Um, so I kind of set out to like really want to make a film about him and his life. I mean, cause obviously tragedy, is there yes <laughs> if you want tragedy and drama i mean there it's already there so let's like that's a given his story is it's sad you know and so um i just started asking questions figuring out how to do it and coming around with this yeah. idea which originally was going to be um like a dear dad thing where i just kind of it started with writing letters to him and talking to him mm-hmm. and the original 
kind of clip was like, dear dad, like this whole thing. And then everyone was like, oh, this is kind of cheesy. It seems really cliche. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, let's like remove that. But it, but what it did do Now, when was, someone gives you that note, are you, were you offended by that? Or did you well, immediately go? I was like, no, we're going to do this. And I want to write, like, I want it to be my voice. And that's how it went. Because I was like, how am I going to put myself in it? I don't yeah. want to put myself in it. But Your then, voice is all over this thing. Yeah. Yeah. So they were like, you don't need to be that literal. Someone, I can't remember. Probably so many people were like, you don't need to be that literal. Actually, it might have even been David Leaf, who was one of the first uh, people I met with a lot of directors in the beginning. Mm-hmm. He was a, he's a rock doc director that was like, you don't need to be that literal. Like yeah. if you're just talking, it's going to come across. But those early letters that I wrote helped me figure out what questions I was going to ask people. Like it's kind of like a, the letters kind of served as your first draft. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then um, were you comfortable being on camera and everything? When you oh, were? my gosh. So at first I was like, really? And then <laughs> the one thing everyone always talks about is how many hairstyles I have in the film. Well, that's, that's the only. <laughs> because it took seven years to film it. And I was very conscious of that. You don't look like you've aged seven years, oh, though, throughout the movie. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> thanks. And you know what? I didn't notice. I didn't really notice the hair that I much. I've Tupperware. <laughs> I didn't notice the hair that much because I was so engrossed in the story you okay. were telling. <laughs> so many people so, make comments about my hair. How many times did those people see the movie? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> did you point, you didn't point your hair out to them. Did no. you? All right. <laughs> it's funny, but, um, <laughs> Uh, I forgot what the question was. Uh, what, um, what was the catalyst? Why you want to oh, do it? And how long ago you started? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I lost track. That's so. okay. That's okay. You did it. Yeah. I That's did the it. important thing. You did it. Um, about, I can't remember now. I got how many, talking about my hair. How many uh, how many hours of footage do you think you had for this thing that you had that you had to sit oh through and whittle gosh. down? You okay. obviously had a great editor. So we started the editing process was interesting because I mean, again, if I was ever gonna do this again, oh my god, I would tackle this <laughs> tackle this so much easier and so much quicker. You have no idea. So when we were trying to figure out how to edit it and being like, oh my god, it started with kind of trying to getting an assistant editor in Mm -hmm. and being like sync everything it's all over the place and then i had to because it was like in my mind what i wanted to portray and sometimes it's hard to tell other people what you want and they're like oh i don't know i don't know i actually sat there because i had taken a documentary filmmaking class to like Mm -hmm. put to, to make the original kickstarter campaign video so I taught myself Final Cut Pro a little bit. Like oh, cool. Really basic. So I'd sit there with each interview and I just like editing out the ums and the ahs and the I have to go pee and like all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> I could make a really interesting meme video out of that. But um, <laughs> and then started with like, like, for example, Gershio's interview was like three hours long. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God we talk for so long and he'll go on these amazing tangents that are really interesting, but had nothing to do with Terry Kath, but so interesting. And then, so it cut down and then you have that. And then I took that interview and I'd have to cut out, well, here's our story arc. We are trying to fulfill and dropping those things into the story arc. And then going to, um, my producer editor, Tony and, and Jordan who helped me make the film. And we'd sit in a room probably for, I don't know, two, two weeks or Mm -hmm. three weeks straight in Tony's edit suite and tried to make, I think it was a three or four hour string out of the film with no music and totally rough cut and like trying to get an idea of everything. And we whittled that down a little bit. And then when it was kind of forming, then we brought on Micah, 
Levin to edit. And it was interesting because he was, you know, a late 20s guy that didn't know anything about Chicago, didn't know who my dad was. And I like gave him this like three hour oh, he, string out. He knows now. And be like, and it was interesting what he cut out. Like he just trimmed the fat. And I was like, ooh, that's interesting because, you know, I kind of needed that someone that didn't know anything. Right. And I was like, ooh, why'd you cut this out? Why'd you cut that out? Because we were, you know, documentaries arcs are the same mm. as anything else they want drama yeah and they want a climax and they want a bad guy and i was yep. like you know all pin, that stuff. i was like who's gonna be the bad guy i don't want to offend anyone i was like well maybe jim gershio's the bad guy because all these things happen and like the guys don't talk to him yeah. and you know my dad was obviously upset uh or had a really hard time with touring and pop music and the pressure of that and, like he just wanted to play music so i was like all these things and mike was like the bad guy's drugs like, that's it. Like, no one has to be a bad guy yeah. in this film. And I was like, oh, I like this. As you were saying that, I, in my head, I was like, well, I don't know who the bad guy is. I don't know who the bad guy is. So, yeah. yeah. So, the bad guy's drugs. And yeah. originally, I was thinking, oh, maybe the bad guy's. Maybe we make the bad guy Garcia. But then it's like, you're blaming him, really, for what happened. And that's not that's not true either. And it was, yeah. it was cool to have this guy in his 20s kind of perspective and on the J cut. Jimmy Garcia in your film seems like a very lovely uh, young man, an older gentleman. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> nice man, not young. He's not young anymore, but he's, he, but he look, he looks great. He's, yeah. he was, he seemed very nice. He seemed, you know, I, you know, so I don't know what, you know, I don't know what happens, but, yeah. um, but he seemed fantastic. I, yeah. I, I loved hearing him cause he doesn't do stuff like this. Yeah. And, um, he was, very nice and very cordial obviously has a very big soft spot for my dad yeah. as does anyone that worked at the ranch at that time and knew my dad and um he, every time i get on the phone <laughs> with jim gershio he's like my wife has told me to call you have you called michelle you've you know they did the interview he's like i'm doing this interview because my wife said you have to do this for terry you know she didn't have her mm -hmm. life with her dad it's like you've got to go you owe this to her <laughs> Well, he he did it. He did, yeah. and it was it was it was wonderful. I mean, I, I'm surprised that Jimmy Garcia hasn't written a book. I know. He probably has a great book about all the artists that came oh to Caribou I mean, Ranch, Elton John, and uh, the Beach Boys. The concept of yeah. Caribou Ranch. So when people are like, "Oh, it's Caribou Ranch," and I'm like, oh, "You can watch my film." That's right. <laughs> but but like, I don't want to give too much. I want to give I, I want to give enough away that where people want to watch the film. Yeah. I don't want to give so much away that people are like, "I feel like I've seen the film." But, yeah. But you say whatever you want to say about Caribou well, just Ranch. Well, Car just Caribou Ranch is probably one of the most epic, amazing recording studios I can think of on this side of the country. Yeah. I don't want to say the world because I'm sure there's right. some, some pretty amazing studios in the world. It's, but It's on a ranch, a Ugh. real ranch. It's beautiful. It was beautiful. It's beautiful. And they would the bands would go there and live there while mm -hmm. they recorded. Yeah. That sounds like... Heaven. Yeah. I mean, if I was... A, if I was musician that's what i'd want to do and, and they must have brought their drugs with them because <laughs> you couldn't get them there you know what i mean it didn't look like there was any place to go to get no, i mean whatever maybe you go wanted. into denver i don't know boulder i don't know where you can i don't do. know i don't know where to get drugs <laughs> um who did the animation pieces oh. in between because those are kyle very cool. nice kyle watched like the film too brought yeah. Up. yeah so Sky. that was on my list Nice. Oh, Sky will be so excited. Sky Jason Shields. We put an ad out in Craigslist and we were like, uh, we want some 60s, 70s psychedelic animation. And he was one of the people that responded. And I was like, oh my God, this guy lives down the street from me. 
What is the odds of that? That's crazy. <laughs> this is awesome. And then we started talking with him and I really loved his website. Mm-hmm. He had some really cool stuff on there that I, I was one really wanted to do, um, like graphic, uh, uh, perspective photographs where everything moves kind of yeah. like kid stays in the picture. It was like my real inspiration for that. Cause I, I, you can hold on a picture for a really long time in a documentary. If there's like, and everything seems like it's moving. Yes. Yes. I love that. Otherwise so it just seems static and not interesting. Yeah. And yeah. you know, documentaries can be boring. Like yeah. I, you, I don't know. Documentaries have changed lately. I think they're all pretty exciting, but, um, but he could do that. That was one of his things he'd said he'd do. And then we started working on, on seventies, uh, you know, graphics. Yes. And he started telling, sh- sending me ideas he had. Like, I here's a seventies cartoon, political cartoon. I think is really cool. Something like this. And I'm like, yes, let's do something like that. <laughs> and then we just started building and going back and forth. And it was a big labor of love. And then once we got something we liked, and I was like, oh, this is cool. And then he'd be like, and then he'd, and, you know, we need the final draft. And he's like, give me another couple of days. And the final draft kept coming back like more tweaked and more tweaked and more tweaked. And he's like, I need to finish one more thing. Like he got so into the final version of whatever is in the film. Right. Now that so it was getting better every time. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Cause he realized like, Oh wait, this is going to be in the film forever. Let me, let me like tweak this one thing. And, and we thought it was fun because like, for example, there's one bar scene story where they're talking about them in the early days in Chicago. Is this the one with the club owner? Well, the one with the club owner. Yeah. And when we sat down and, three different people told the same story. I was just, my mind was like, yes. Yeah. And then I was like, how do you know, this has got to be one of the animated sequences because <laughs> we have like Peter telling the story, uh, Jim, uh, Pankow telling the story, yep. you know, Danny and Gershio, everyone's like kind of telling, painting this picture. And I'm like, this is great. Yeah. Love and then it. the intercutting between everyone. And then the, yeah. the and animation. it adds a nice really little cool. comedic feel too, because mm-hmm. my dad was actually like a funny guy. Yeah. That was one of, you know, fun loving. That's fun what they guy. all said. He was yeah. a, what do I want to say? Not a prankster, but. <laughs> he might have been a little bit of a prankster. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about, was it, was it difficult to get uh, footage and, and music rights? Well, that's always a challenge. And, you know, I, again, learned that like, maybe that's something you should do up front. <laughs> Like, let's start with the songs. I did it backwards. I was like, let's edit. And like, what songs do we put in here? I mean, obviously I had ideas. Like, yeah. obviously I want to talk about introduction and freeform guitar and like, obviously things that were pretty prominent. But then I also wanted to include a lot of my dad's music and have it be the background of the whole film so that, so that the music is always present throughout the film. Yes. Um, it's a, it's a bit of a challenge, but we had some really like, um, amazing music people working on it. Um, and who owns the rights to these early Chicago? It's interesting. Thing. You know, everyone kind of, anyone that wrote the song mm-hmm. still holds on to their rights. So, so got, who owned, who has your dad's rights? Me. You do. Okay. So that was easy. <laughs> well, me and my family. I should, right. I shouldn't say just me. And I was like, Hey uncle, can I use these? No. <laughs> well, we, we, I should say the cat family. We okay. kind of, we kind of own, own my dad's stuff, but Rhino owns the master. So you still have to go to Rhino and be like, Hey, we're going to pay you some money for this. Is that okay? And they're like, yeah, we'll take your money. <laughs> of course. We'll take, we'll take money again from Chicago <laughs> music. We'll keep taking it. The music licensing aspect of anything is so interesting, so intricate and so crazy that like it's, Almost, it's it's worth. I mean, I'm like, 
maybe I should learn more about this because yeah. it's so crazy. Like if it's working in your favor, like uh, Sting, who wrote Every Breath You Take, mm. it's probably amazing. But if you cut a bad deal with some management and publishers <laughs> when you were a teenager, oh it's God. probably pretty sucky. It's so weird. And it seems like there's so many arbitrary things that like are just, I don't know. It's such a bizarre, bizarre yeah, and, aspect and, of things. Yeah, and now with Spotify and all that, I mean, I don't know how people get paid when their music. Oh, can I tell played. you a really good story? You can. I don't know if this is going to blow anything up, but... <laughs> Let's so, pre- we'll pretend like... It, <laughs> like, I'll just keep going, oh, are you kidding? Oh, my God. So, Spotify... What? <laughs> uh, I guess now you get, like, little checks from Spotify. Mm-hmm. So, introduction. I'm, like, getting... Like, I'll open the mailbox, and there's, like, 20 things from Spotify 20 every week and you're this excited has been going on for like months now okay and I'm like introduction like how why would anyone cover this song this is ridiculous that this so I'm like questioning it they're like oh you know well they have to send you like you know people record stuff and put it there all the time and I'm like okay so I'm like you know what I'm gonna go figure out who some of these people are yeah because this is weird to me like who the how many how why would 50 60 people do this song in particular now I'm not asking obviously <laughs> I do not want a dollar amount but are these checks no wait are these you have to you have to hear this oh i'm sorry how many albums do you know that have the word introduction at the start of an album oh tons (laughs) yes so they so there was a clerical error oh my god i'm getting anything like because i was like there's no way james brown covered my dad song or diana ross so any album that had this (laughs) the word and just the word introduction just the word introduction i am now getting this like acquiring like wish to acquire the rights (laughs) Okay, so you like, okay? I'm going back to them. I was like, I don't have time to correct this. No, <laughs> who's yeah, gonna correct this? Clerical one? error. <laughs> who's getting hilarious. outro? Are you, are you getting payment for these? Well, they things? were like, well, no, I don't. I mean, they, I haven't collected a check, but okay. someone was like, the check would probably be like this, like quarter of a penny, anyways. All right. So, like, what's the point? It's probably cost more to try to. But I was like, dude, this is annoying. <laughs> well, see, your your dad was funny because he knew. <laughs> He's oh, like, there here's, you- a, here's a joke I'm going to play on the music industry. In the future. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I'm going to jump back to when you said how your dad is not um, as well known as, as he should be. Yeah. And which is weird because he's on, he's not like on two Chicago albums or yeah. three. He's on 11 albums. Mm. I mean, that's, that's, it's the classic Chicago sound. Yeah. He's on the stuff that, you know, you, we like the 80s hits and all that stuff, but the real meaty stuff that we go back to and say, yeah, this is the stuff, is is the music that your dad helped create. Yeah, and so, obviously, when I was looking for music for the film, I was just looking at things that had his name on it, like, oh, Terry, Terry Kath wrote this. Mm. But then I was like, wait a minute, let's, there's got to be, like, sound, because I was also looking for things where no one was singing, so mm-hmm. it could be background music. Um, and there also there are songs that the other band members wrote but they wanted Terry to sing. And they wanted Terry to sing. Yeah. But like CTA, with um, that whole album, if you listen to it, even though my dad didn't write the song, maybe didn't compose the song, mm. but the guitar playing on it yeah. is so him. And if you remove him from the equation, it's almost could be a completely different song if it was a different guitar player on that. Well, and, and, and they, they actually talk about when they decided to continue without your dad, you know, as, as great as whoever they've gotten to, I mean, there's been many in that guitar position. Keith has been there the longest, mm. the current guitar player, Keith Allen. But no one's like that. They're just yeah. doing, they're doing, they're doing an imitation of what you're doing. Yeah. You know, they're doing their best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's just, it's not the same. It's, it's, yeah. it's in, it was in his, 
It was in his blood. That's, what did you he say played earlier like about the tone of a guitar player? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you can't you can't mimic that. Mm. You know. Yeah. Let's hear a song that is possibly played at ninety uh, percent uh, of all weddings. <laughs> I know uh, where you're going. This with is it. sung sung by your your dad. Yeah. I think Jimmy Pankow wrote this. Mm-hmm. Color my world. Yeah. And this is when your dad's voice is so just lovely. Let's hear it. As time goes on, I realize just what you Now there's no there's no big Terry Kath guitar solo on this or anything. There's a flute solo is actually what it is. <laughs> but I mean, you know that's they Jimmy wanted Terry to sing that, so and he is so beautiful, so beautiful. Actually, and, there's a story didn't make didn't make even the thirty minutes. This is a rock solid exclusive. Tell, it's a rock solid exclusive. Let's hear it's it. a Jim Gershio story All about right. that song. Um, apparently. They, no one wanted to sing on it because <laughs> they thought it was like too soft or something. Mm. I can't remember exactly what Gershio said at the moment, but um, so they're like, "Oh no, you sing it! No, you didn't. get Terry, get Terry to sing it." And uh, they grab Terry. They're like, hey, "Hey, Terry, come, come sing this song." And Gershio said that he, he was like, "Okay, lie, just lie down." on the studio, gave him the microphone, sang it. I was like, "Okay, I'm done. Can <laughs> I leave now?" <laughs> kind of thing. And um, if that's truly how it went down but then you listen like that clip you just played like what is his voice yeah if that's a one and and if that's a one take if that's what you're telling me (laughs) that's it's gorgeous it's gorgeous you know before i was when i was just a casual chicago listener before i became a you know crazy chicago fan i used to think some of these songs i didn't know terry like i thought that was i thought robert was singing that oh yeah i don't that's just but no no i discovered a lot i'm like oh my god Terry sings that one too. This isn't, uh, this wasn't in the past week. This is oh years yeah. ago, but, uh, <laughs> but it's just, you know, and cause I think I've seen Chicago. I never saw them obviously with your dad, but you know, they still play these songs and the songs that your dad sang on record, you know, the other band else, members yeah. are singing now. And so in your head, you just think, you know, yeah. that's how it was. Um, when I went to the rock and roll hall of fame, the next day after the rock and roll hall mm-hmm. of fame, uh, Danny Seraphin played like Danny Seraphin All Stars, some yeah. little club in New York, which was phenomenal. He got all these players. I've seen him out at the uh, Canyon Club do this. Oh my do gosh. this! Thing. I mean, this was like he, anyone that was in New York that he knew, he grabbed to play for the night. That's and great. This drummer 
sang that song or maybe he was the bass player but this guy sang that song and it was so good it was a black guy was he trying was he was <laughs> he trying good. to sound like your dad or no, was he just... He just i don't think so i think he just had that like the the voice the low kind of voice and it was really good you know who else was at the rock and roll hall of fame who you were there i was there Aww. because cheap tricks my favorite band ah, and so i always yeah, said well nice. if they ever get in i'm going i'm going and how how great was it that was a great lineup that night because oh, i like deep purple cool. and, yeah. and chicago and how nervous were you because that's in the documentary when you <laughs> give your speech how nervous were you oh my god well it was a little bit of like i had really horrible migraine leading up to that night no, i threw fun. up that morning oh geez take took a migraine pill and then drank a cup Full Moscow mules. Yes. And then I was good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, well, I was pretty nervous, but I wasn't actually supposed to speak. I was told actually not to say anything because everything has to be like right on schedule for them or whatever. And, um, oh yeah. So I wasn't supposed to say anything. We were on the tight schedule. I was told not to say anything, but I just needed to know if I was going to say anything. Cause that's kind of a big deal. When right. That many people You want to be prepared. Yeah. So my husband said have three sentences at least prepared in your mind. Even if you don't say anything, you're going to feel better. So thank God he told me that. Cause no, <laughs> Danny Serafin, the little rebel that he is, yeah. was like, and Michelle get up here. Yep. <laughs> you're talking. He likes to, he likes to stir it up. Yeah. But um, well, you did you, you did great, and I I had a press pass, oh. so I was like down, like okay. I was down where the dressing rooms were. I bet I bet you I bet you walked by me. I know we might have brushed shoulders. Yeah, who Didn't knows? Even know it. But uh, that was ex- that was an exciting night. The yeah. band sounded great. That was fun. You did great. Thank you. Was it hard to get that footage? That footage is in the. No, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So nice. Everyone is so nice. I mean, I was treated like if my dad had come. Mm-hmm. You know, like VIP all the way. Like when I arrived, you arrive, I arrive in the talent entrance with all the other famous, uber famous musicians. And you're like, <laughs> oh my God. And um, my husband and I went together and the people taking my ticket are like, what, who, who are you? Like you don't, you know, nobody. And yeah. one of the guys that works there that was part of the putting the night together was like, oh my God, you don't know who this is. This is Terry Kath's daughter. Come this way. And like escorts us very through. Nice. And I was like, yes, yes. Very nice. <laughs> right. I like it. Um, they were super nice. And so, and when it was done, I was like, you know, it didn't make the final cut. Obviously they cut me out yeah. of the actual show, but I was like, can I please have this footage for, for my film? Because Rob Thomas introduces it really. And if you listen to what Rob Thomas's introduction to Chicago, it's very like he puts Terry Kath at the forefront of almost anything he says. Yes. And that's cool. <laughs> yeah. He gets it. Yeah. Gets um, it. Do you have the award? Is there an I award? Do. You do? Yeah. Where does that sit in your house? Well, we have a little uh, shelf of all different kinds because obviously my dad acquired a lot of different awards Mm -hmm. through the years that have always been in my house and my husband has a couple of awards and i have awards from when i was a kid what do you have awards for track 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 (laughs) and like some halloween costumes i don't know and so we kind of just put them all on the same shelf Mm -hmm. in our in our living room in this case it was kind of all awards are important it doesn't matter what what varying degrees (laughs) do you think your dad would have enjoyed um the rock and roll hall of fame i mean i hope so I hope so, but it's, I'd like to think he would, Mm -hmm. but who knows? It's hard to say. I mean, you, Peter didn't come. And that's, that was unfortunate. Yeah. And Danny, though he was there, you know, there was, there's all this tension with them. So it's like, 
it's hard to say. I don't know. It's interesting to think what he would have, what would have happened over time. Yeah. I mean, now time, you know, it's been a couple decades since then, so who knows? Yeah. Know. You never know. Yeah. Did, um, you have, a, you have some great home movies. Yeah. Do you, when you, when you see those home movies, cause you were two years old when your dad passed. Yeah. And, so when you look at those home movies, do, do you remember, because I think it, I, I don't think it, for me, I don't remember anything when I'm two, I was two. Do you have any, do you have any memories, like personal memories of your dad? I do have a memory that I thought was a dream. And all through my childhood, I just thought it was a dream. And so I asked my mom and she <laughs> almost died. She was like, how can you remember that? You were like three months old. Oh, that's But nice. that happened that really happened and it all was on my grandparents lodge like placid lodge mm-hmm. and my dad was driving the boat and was like we got to turn around the dams <laughs> up there and i can like picture him i mean now it's like totally hazy because yes yeah. i remember it vividly as a child and as a teenager now i'm like you know well the pictures that you like, have <laughs> the pictures that you have of you and your dad in in the film are, are great photos because they're not, they're not like you getting on a tour bus or you, you know, it's not, it's these, they're really personal photos, you know, and you can see in his eyes, just the joy. I like, there's one where he's holding you and you're giving him like a sideways glance. It's really <laughs> cute. It's really funny. So, uh, it, it was really it's very personal. Yeah. Those things are very personal because no one shows you their home movies. Those are for family and yeah. maybe some close friends. So, that was great to include that stuff. And I think his home movies are important because it was my mom was like when he got this camera, he wouldn't put it away. Mm-hmm. And then which <laughs> God, I wish there was sound on those, though. Yes, I, mean, come I on. know. And then um, when I went to visit my grandpa's house looking for more pictures and things and there was all my grandparents home movies. My grandma apparently filmed everything and i was like oh my god are you kidding me (laughs) give me those oh my man those were you know gold to me as well what um now let me go to the list i got a list of questions but (laughs) this is just such a this is just such a nice conversation that we're having and i'm enjoying it kyle are you enjoying this you better be i am (laughs) i'm enjoying it through my bose headphones (laughs) who (laughs) these chicago band members i i would say lee's the one that cries the easiest Oh my gosh. Lee and Walt, those two. Yeah. Yeah. So Lee, it's funny because what I learned, uh, and it's not in the film. I mean, I learned this from my interview with, uh, Jerry Gershio, um, about everyone's kind of like relationship with each other. And apparently Lee and my dad had a very, very nice relationship, like very friendly. And that for Lee, it was really, really, really hard. And so in the film, the interesting thing that I realized when I went, to edit and we were kind of getting close to like the Mm -hmm. picture we liked. I was like, God, the only footage that the only time Lee talks is that one moment he gets really choked up and then then he doesn't really say too much after that. He was very, you know, it was, I think it was really hard, you know, which is something I was very conscious about that. It'd be hard for some of these folks. It was hard for all of them. Yeah, It was, um, you know, some, some of them like Jimmy keeps it together. Yeah. But they all, they're all, they're all very obviously heartbroken losing their friend. Yeah. It's hard. Um, no, it was a talk about the actual thing. It was a, your, your dad liked guns Mm -hmm. and it was a different time. 
you know, yeah. they go back. Well, people still like guns. But he... Um, well, carrying around a gun carrying, all the time, yeah. which is yeah. crazy. Right. But it wasn't... But you, What am I going to say? They were, they were shooting targets, and they were, you know, just... Yeah. And they were at the Caribou Ranch, so that's like, that's like the yeah, Wild the, West. Yeah, you're in the middle of Colorado, you shoot things. <laughs> but this is... Uh, so so it, was, it was an accidental shooting yeah. that happened. Your dad took the, takes the clip out, doesn't check the thing, and it's just it's instantaneous. Mm. Just I can't imagine what your mom went through at that time. And everyone says, you know, the like my mom. I can't even remember if this is in the film or not, but my mom's like, when I saw the police coming to the door, oh. I thought it was definitely a car accident, hands down. Like no one, even you know, Peter Cetera said to me, nobody thought it was from a gun. I mean, that's right. like the last thing. They're like, if you trusted anyone with your child and a gun <laughs> or something, I don't yeah. know, that's a bit extreme. But um, it would have been my dad. Yeah. Um, so then you start thinking, you know, is it alcohol and drugs? Is that the aspect? Or do you, if you remove the gun, would he still be alive? You know, it's like all these issues. I yes, think, I think are, if you remove the gun, remove he'd the, still be alive. Right. And I, I mean, not to get on my soapbox about anti-guns. No, but it's but a, if there's a, no gun, rele- relevant issue. Yes, if the there's moment. no, if there's no gun, if there's no gun, there's no everything that we hear about in the news yeah. every four weeks, yeah. three to four weeks. It's you remove crazy. the gun. I mean, if your dad, this will sound like I'm, it's a joke, but if your dad was into knives, he wouldn't have killed himself with a knife. Right. You know what I mean? He wouldn't true. have accidentally well, stabbed like himself. Version. In, <laughs> yeah. So. He might have cut his toe or something. I yeah, know, he might have like, cut himself. But yeah, I mean, but, so. You know, it's and it's hard to say like, oh, well, maybe there'd be some sort of drug overdose or whatever. But like, but I don't. No, that we're, we're, yeah. that, that's the thing where we're now saying that your dad was would, would have had would have had an early death no matter what. And right. This, this, yeah. to, I mean, you interviewed Joe Walsh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he bre- he breaks it down. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, Joe. Uh, in 1994, Joe got clean, and he's the best Joe he's ever been. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you can't. Yeah, I mean, so I think the gun issue was something really important for me, but I was like, I don't want to turn people off because I'm like raising right. money. For right, right, right. This. But you're you're <laughs> you're an anti-gun person. I'm yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't have guns. I've never shot a no. gun. I don't. I mean, the debate about having a gun in the house is like, well, a gun's for one purpose. It's for one purpose. And if I have a gun in the house and I'm not a gun, sh- like shooting guns for fun, which I could do at the gun range, right. I guess. Um, I have a gun in the house for what purpose? To defend myself? To shoot somebody? Mm-hmm. I mean, so there's all these things. I mean, people are like, oh, but what if the apocalypse happens and you need to <laughs> kill people? I mean, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I know. What, yeah, what are we talking about here? Um, <laughs> well, if that happens, then maybe I'll go steal a gun from <laughs> the gun shop. I don't know. But, yeah, um, but-, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, I think it's an interesting thing to talk about mm-hmm. in this current times yeah. for my father's situation yeah. as a perfect example. I think there's like a crazy statistic on how many children end up shooting their parents who have guns in their purse. Yeah. It's Isn't there just, some crazy statistic where kids just pick up and they're like, yay, and then shoot the parents. It goes off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's perfect example. I mean, your dad was around guns. He knew about guns yeah, and, yeah. and this happened. I, I wrote this down when I wrote this question. I, I knew for me, it was going to be hard to bring this up to you, but yeah. 
I'm glad we're on the same page. No, I'm 100% on the same page. Um, one of the things I'm looking for really at this point now that we're like kind of at this point with the journey and we mm-hmm. were able to share the film with the world is I'd like to be able to have something, some resource that helps people with people, one, people that are left behind. Yeah. If they've lost someone to drugs and alcohol, because that's, that's, that's more about like what this film is. It's everyone that's left behind in the aftermath. Right. And then something about gun safety. I mean, I don't even know, like gun control is important. I mean, it's crazy. I don't even know where to begin with it. I don't either. I mean, I just don't know how you, I understand. The the only thing I can think of is not, no gun. Yeah. No gun. No gun. No. Done. Yeah. Let's hear, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw out some songs and you oh. tell me what you would like to hear. Would you like to hear Ooh. Moving In, Ooh. Make Me Smile, <laughs> or Memories of Love? Oh, God. Well, Was it like Sophie's Choice there? <laughs> Memories of Love is like my favorite song that what I picked. Well, I mean, it's hard because Make Me Smile is also lovely. Yeah. But Memories of Love is a beautiful song that has the whole intro before it. Um, the AM and PM morning and all that. Yeah, yeah. And I chose as, and I chose it for my birth sequence in the film. I do, I only <laughs> have the, I only have, I don't have, I don't think I have that in, I don't have the, the prelude, That's but okay. I just have, okay, let's hear memories of love. Yeah. It was easy pick for her. Ah. A warm summer night. I line up all the members of Chicago <laughs> and I say, which of these members sang this song? First, people are going to say, well, none of those guys sang this song. <laughs> and then I say, no, you have to pick one. I don't think they're going to pick your dad first. <laughs> I was like always drawn to this song when I was like trying to listen to Chicago's music in, as a teenager. Yeah. Because it's such a weird, it's, it's not a rock song. It's no. like this beautiful piece. Like, especially if you listen to it with the prelude all the way through, it's like, classical music almost it's so pretty it's i mean no one's going to compare these two bands but if you put on an acdc album you're going to get acdc throughout the album you're going to know what you're going to get yeah but with the chicago albums it's so textured and layered and there's there's something rocking and then there's something more melodic and there's something you know the horns and everything it's just it's it's such like no one does it yeah, and I think it's, you know, with the seven members and all of them mm. having different backgrounds. And they all write. Yeah. And yeah, it's 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 incredible. I want to play this. This is from um this is from 1970 25 or 624. What is It's from uh, 1970. It's July 21st. And what where is it from? I think I have Tanglewood. Tanglewood. Oh, you're 
going for the live. Yeah, I took I, I stole this <laughs> off of YouTube. Everything else I own, but this is from YouTube. This is um, I just love the way your dad intros this song with his guitar. Like it's a little oh. bit of a slow build, yeah, I like and then that it just goes for this. Then this it just good. rips in. So let's hear this. This is great. so good um so have you watched the video obviously that yeah, yeah yes it's yes so genius because everyone's always like oh your dad led everyone in yes and if you watch the video it's like danny's like having this problem with his drums and he's like there's like someone there switching out his drums and my dad's like getting bored so he starts Just playing that noodling and then he's like noodling like and he's looking at danny like like almost if he's like, okay, come on, dude. And then and then Peter's like, okay, well, I guess I'll start like doing some bass along with Terry. And then finally, like the roadie like leaves the drums and Danny's like, okay, I got this. I'm okay now. I got this. And we start the film with that. I'm surprised that they haven't put this Tanglewood show out on, it's not out on DVD or anything, is it? No, I don't think so, no. Hey, Rhino, get the audio to this and put this thing out. They should. It's really good. Let's hear... Um. Let's uh, Chicago, Chicago three. Let me. I'm gonna give you three songs, and you tell me oh. what you'd like to hear from this. I like this. Uh, this game. Do I have loneliness is just a word on that? Okay, loneliness is just a word. Got free. What's the other one I have? Uh, you have two more. You have an hour in the shower, hard rising, mm-hmm. and then an hour in the shower after work. Oh, gosh. I think they kind of go together. That's why yeah. I had them there. One goes into the next one. Well, I mean, Hour like in the Shower is like always my favorite. I would pick that. But then what was the first choice? Um, like loneliness I, is just a word. Loneliness is just a word. I feel like I want to say that because I'm not really sure. I don't can't think what that is off the top of my head. This but is, Hour in the Shower is like so good. No, let's, let's hear a little Love bit. Of, let's, hear, no, let's hear them both. Start uh, with um, loneliness is just a word. You don't know how bad it's been since you've been gone. Let me tell how bad it's been since you've been gone. People speak but I don't hear. Things all around seem so unclear. I don't know what would become of the love you turned off. What would become of the need you to die? Loneliness is just a word, so I've been told. Loneliness becomes a word that's very cold. Uh, yeah, Robert wrote that. Yeah. I'm, I'm always amazed when I look at the credits to some of these um, Chicago albums, why Robert didn't sing a lot of the songs that he wrote. Yeah. Well, he's he's on a lot of the songs, though. He is, but... Like, I, I like that my dad's on Oh, that I like song. that, too. Yeah. But I always assume if you wrote it, it's so it's precious <laughs> yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah. The words are so precious yeah, that you don't want anyone else to sing those words. Mm. 
but the person who wrote those words. Mm. But then again, maybe that's a better musician who says, he can you interpret this yeah, yeah. better than mm-hmm. I can. What's the next song? Uh, an hour in the shower, a hard rise in the morning. And please, guys, don't shower for an hour. It's a waste of water. <laughs> <laughs> Morning blues hung over me. So I looked it straight in the eye. Peter's bass playing on these early songs is amazing too. Really yeah. good. So good. I jumped into the shower for about an hour. Oh, it was fine. Yeah. Helps me all the time It's soothing to my mind Just to see those blues Oh, slipping down the drain This is like a whole different person singing this oh song God. than sang the last song. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The reason I said that about Peter Cetera's bass playing there is because I think a lot of people think of Peter Cetera as the, the balladeer of Chicago mm. and he wouldn't have been a member of Chicago and he wouldn't have been their bass player on these early albums if he was not a good bass player. Yeah. Cause if no he, one, no one's a slouch in Chicago no. on their instrument. Oh. What's up? What are we looking at? Oh, we got spider. a spider above. What do we do? If that bites me, do what? I turn into Spider-Man? <laughs> Look Is at you going for it. Is he to your head? <laughs> right no, Is he? Did I bring that from home? <laughs> this is weird. What are you going to do? Just just gonna, you just moved them. <laughs> spiders is that, floating through the... Is it, now, did your dad have a big spider fan base? Know. He's trying to tell you something. <laughs> well, don't kill it. No, it's so weird. Moving it towards the now, if my daughter saw that spider... You see how big that spider is. It's teeny. They would scream at the top of their lungs like there was a rhinoceros in their bedroom. This is going back up. It's going back he up. was hanging out above uh-huh. your head. Bye, spider. I thought it was like a fly for a second. <laughs> I just saw you moving your hand around my head. I'm like, hey, we have a guest here. What are you doing? <laughs> Trying to get your attention. Don't slap we, me. <laughs> we've, uh, we usually play tons of music, but I'm, um, I, what you're saying is so awesome. Oh, that I, f- I really feel honored that you're here and oh, sharing so this much. story with us. Yeah. I want to ask you, what do I have written down here? I don't have my reading glasses. Uh, what was the most surprising thing you learned about your dad as you were putting this film together? Huh. I think... Well, everyone always says, you know, he's like this great guy. He's such a nice guy. All these wonderful things that he does. One thing that I always found like really interesting is when people say that he was, he also had this side that like, if he didn't like what was happening, you knew about it and you would probably change (laughs) what you were doing. (coughs) Like, you know, like he was the quiet, silent guy in the back and. But, but that I was like, oh, I could say, okay. So he was not just this nice, friendly giant. He was also like someone that like, you know, could intimidate you if needed to be. Um, but I love the stories about him, about how giving he was and, you know, uh, Jerry Garishio was like, you know, one day he just showed up and just gave me his Porsche. <laughs> now that's Jimmy's, that's Jimmy Gershio's oh, brother? Jerry, Jerry. Sorry, yeah, okay. Jerry Gershio. I just wanted to cl- clarify. Not Gershio, for... sorry. Jerry Vaccarino. Okay. Ugh. You said Jerry Gershio. I'm putting everyone you, together. You said that earlier in the show too. <laughs> oh, so you mean, you mean this guy. Uh, 
It's okay. Everyone's like muddled together now. <laughs> people in my mind. Uh, Jerry Vaccarino. Okay. Who who's in the film? He's, yes. Uh, he was one of the roadies at the time. Uh, and told a really great story about, you know, he lost, he actually lost his wife at that time when they were all friends and how he was in a really, really bad place. And his friendship with my dad with like, you know, he was, it was a really special thing that happened. And my dad was really giving, you know, just dropped a Porsche off one day and was like, you know, in a nice way, because he knew that he was down and out and he needed something. And yeah. he was like, you know, whatever, just take the, and I can take your portion. He's like, no, I'm going to, you know, I'll get another one. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, he tells these great stories about how, you know, that I think his heart and that side, you know, to hear the actual stories about why everyone's yeah. like, oh, your dad's such a great guy. Those are great. Yeah. So they, people tell you your dad's great, but then when you hear... You know, examples because, of how he was such a no nice guy. Because no one's really going to like tell you this really hard story about how they lost their wife in in a, in a meeting really quickly. Right. But if you sit someone down and you give them the opportunity to share something with you personal and like why or how or, you know. I felt like you were giving them, everyone you interviewed, I felt like you were giving them a gift because it was cathartic for them to share their stories with you, but also talk about things that they might not have talked about for a long time. They might think of your dad, as Robert says, he thinks of your dad every night when he's performing, but they might not, you know, they might not sit around and talk about your dad because maybe it's, you know, it's tough. I, you know, and I was very conscious of that. I wanted to make sure that I was being respectful and Mm -hmm. honorable of their feelings and emotions or whatever that experience did for them in the aftermath. And careful yeah. i guess because with opening w- that door you know yeah because when your dad passed you as a two-year-old certainly didn't feel it the way oh no those guys did you know a lot of people ask me like did you did you find closure and i say well for me i don't think i found closure because i was so young you yeah. know and i knew i was two years old and i always knew how he passed i mean he just wasn't there i was used to that yeah but i think maybe for all the people i interviewed there, I hope they, that there was something that helped them out or maybe brought closure. Or, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, like if you were, it, it was almost better that you were just two. I, oh, yeah. If you were five, yeah. six, seven and had. It'd be hard. The, the worst I thing. I can't even imagine. Yeah. It would be the worst. It would yeah. be the worst thing other than losing a, a child or a, yeah. a spouse. I mean, mm-hmm. that's crazy. I'm not yeah. going to cry. Is this um, when he cries? Is this when it happens? Yeah, usually. <laughs> now. One of the cool things in the in the movie, many cool things, but one of the interesting things to me was you found this you found this kid <laughs> who replicated and, and built yeah. your your dad's guitars. Yeah. So uh, where did you, you find that? Oh my kid? gosh. Okay. So you know, I I opened up a fan page, mm-hmm. the Terry Cat fan group on Facebook, and that's it's like this own living entity that strives, <laughs> and they share a lot, and the biggest thing I always saw was people replicating this guitar and then people started emailing me like oh my god one of the members of the fan great group son replicated the guitar for a high school project and for his final project posted made a blog showing his experience about how his dad had introduced him to Terry Kath and he became obsessed with Terry Kath and decided that's what he was going to do for his high school project and documented the whole thing and the finished finished project which was the guitar. Yeah. And I just thought it was an interesting story because 
you know, there's, you know, we filmed a lot of stuff that didn't make the sure. film as well because you never know what's going to be interesting and you want to find it. You never know who, you know, maybe that wouldn't have been interesting at all. But we found it really interesting because he was 16 and he was a young guy bringing the, the you know, the age group together, the gap between the actual fans that were with my dad at that time and the younger generation yeah. that's discovering him. But he knew so much technical stuff. Oh, it was crazy tech. That- <laughs> it was some nerd talk. Oh, he, my God. Like he and- would tell you about, oh, if this is this long. I don't know even, I don't know anything about a guitar, but he would tell you, yeah, if the, this will sustain this yeah. note. If you're, do- I'm like, what is he, how does he know this? Oh, my gosh. And that conversation was a lot longer than and we actually could, put in well, He was probably so <laughs> oh excited God. that you were there and that oh, you were. Man. You, and it, he'll he'll go, he'll go crazy when and we, he's gonna have so many prom dates when this movie comes out. <laughs> could he could he play? Did he play guitar? He plays guitar, and he's actually he is a really good guitar player. Has bands and you can did find he him online. is he able to play any? You of might your, be interviewing any him of day? your dad's. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> um, could, could he play any of your dad's stuff? Did he try to play it for I think you? So yeah, I think he talked about trying to play twenty five or six to four and sitting there and playing it. And, but he didn't actually play it for you. No, no, we didn't play. You probably day. would have been too nervous to <laughs> for two things. Yeah. First, he's in room with a girl, which has never <laughs> happened before. And second, it's Terry Kath's daughter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. I'm going to hit you up with, I like actually having you pick the songs. Oh, so here's what we got. I think I know what you're going to pick. Maybe not. Uh, this is from Chicago five. Kyle, do I have now that you've gone on there? Nope. I don't. Okay. So you have dialogue part one. And alma mater. Dialogue part one and alma mater. Oh my gosh, I can't pick. I can't pick those. <laughs> I like that you can't pick. Those two of course you can't. The, those, are, those are the two, aren't they like the two? Oh man. Um, <laughs> dialogue? Okay. That's a good <laughs> pick. That was a question mark. Dialogue <laughs> question? I That's why I play air bass. <laughs> are you optimistic about the way that things are going? Do I never ever think of it at all? Don't you ever worry when you see what's going down? This is Terry and Peter singing. Yeah. That's the union yeah. there again. How did you luck out to be filming at Caribou when they were Ugh. closing up shop? And why are they closing up shop? And who's buying it? And what's going on? He sold it. And I'm sure you can find this online. So I don't think right. I'm like spilling beans. But uh, the Walmart family. Walmart? The Walmart family bought the Walmart Caribou Ranch. Walgreens. Which one's the big... I think Walmart, Walmart, Sam Walmart. Um, there was a, there was yeah, um, his last name's Walmart. Okay. It's not, is it? It's Walton. Walton. Yeah. His last name's not Walmart. Thank you, oh, Kyle. Yeah. That's why Kyle's here to make me feel stupid. Um, the, um, 
there was some, I don't think I want to say exactly what it is because I don't want to ruin it. Uh, but there were some, there was some memorabilia. Mm. It, there was some Chicago memorabilia inside. What oh. happens to that stuff? Does it stay there? Oh man, isn't that crazy? It's a good question. So, uh, I always knew, I mean, I don't know if this gives away, I, anything okay i'm like oh god how deep can we go well there's a, there's a piece if you there, haven't watched the film there's a piece the there that, that relates but, to one of the album covers um well basically i always wanted to i always thought that caribou ranch would be the end of the film mm-hmm. that you know this that would be the moment where i get to revisit you know this this place that meant so much to my to my dad and um and to your mom and to my mom yeah and uh <laughs> when i finally they were always like yeah come up here you can spend like a week and we'll put you up in the cabins. It'll be great. I was like, awesome. So did the second Kickstarter. I'm like, okay, let's go get this caribou ranch. And they were like, oh, well we've sold it (laughs) and we're closing the shop in a week. You can't stay there anymore, but if you want to film this, you better get here like now. Wow. Oh crap. What? I'm like a year too late to have this like month long, amazing experience. God damn it. So anyway, so we, we go there and we luckily filmed it. I mean, but it was at, beautiful. It looked at the I same mean, time. On the it film, made this story yeah. more interesting. And it looked uh, it, on the film. It looked pristine. It looked like it looked like brand new. The yeah, facility looked so, so amazing. They hadn't taken their things out that were g- the Gershios, mm-hmm. you know, personal things. So I, I mean, I guess we'll find out like what he does with all that stuff. I know they had a huge auction. You know, he didn't offer any of it to you. I mean, not if he's gonna get money i'm sure they had a huge auction i mean they sold some of that i i don't know if you know anything about that 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 auction of the caribou ranch i don't know anything about the auction. so when we got there the the auctioneers had already been there so there was tags on everything that they weren't keeping you know i'm sure a lot of that stuff they kept Mm -hmm. and um the auctioneer you know they were auctioning tons of stuff off you know even things for that were like you know, items like candles and things like that were already had tags on them. So, wow. Cause my mom and I were like, Oh my God, can we like buy this lamp? My mom would be like, this is the lamp. I remember this lamp. Can we buy it? And they're like, well, that's already tagged for auction. (laughs) (laughs) So those items you're talking about in mm. the, in the, they kept the studio. He said that way as they were selling it. So, cause it's such a big, I mean, you know, is the studio still there? I don't know. I don't know either. So we'll have to see. It was uh, it was cool though. Like your mom would say, "Oh my God, this is where we would. This is where we would sit and watch the recording." And then, then you had there was footage of the band, uh, like right there and recording. It was really cool how that. I loved how that section of the film oh, cut yeah. together. That was yeah. nice editing from your from your guy. Yeah. What? Uh, let's go to. Okay, now these are here. We go. Here's a couple. This is going to be a song choice for you again. From Chicago 6. What do I have from Chicago 6, Kyle? You have Jenny or Beyond All Sorrows. Oh, man. You guys make this really hard. <laughs> I guess we have to say Jenny because people really love Jenny. And who is Jenny? Is there Was there a Jenny? Jenny was a dog. That's apparently. right. Oh, <laughs> I'm so mad that I just said that because when I was listening today, I was thinking, I'm like, this is about a dog. And I meant, <laughs> and I meant to look that up before and yep. I didn't get a chance to. Yep. Jenny's about a dog. Here we go. You can run 
Yep. <laughs> but I mean, everyone's like, it's about a dog, but it's not really about a dog. I mean, it's still a love song. It's about having his dog take care of his lady while yes. he's gone. I mean, that's the love song. That's still a love song. Yeah. Because he wants to, he's yeah. not there. So, Jenny, you're here. You got to. You can do all your doggy doggy things, but you got to take care of my, <laughs> my lady while I'm gone. <laughs> uh, I should have said this earlier uh, when we were talking about Color My World. When I was playing that today, my wife said, that's Chicago? <laughs> I said, yes. She's like, I didn't know that was Chicago. Yeah. And uh, then also today when I was watching the documentary uh, for the second time to get ready for tonight, um, she was really, really moved and touched by Kiefer Sutherland mm. towards the end of the film. The, uh, that was, was that the toast at your wedding? Yep. Really, really, that was really great. I mean, yeah. I mean, very thoughtful mm -hmm. to to do the toast in honor of my in place that's, of my dad. Basically, that's what my wife. He goes, yeah. "Wow, that was really, really nice of him to do that. That was amazing." <laughs> I know some people that when we were getting feedback on the film uh, initially before we like picture lock, mm -hmm. um, someone was like, "It's very strange that that happens," but I understand why. <laughs> like, why does Kiefer Sutherland? And all of a sudden, but I but I get it. And I, I mean, it was just. Well, tell the people why Kiefer Sutherland's in this movie. Kiefer, well, Kiefer Sutherland was my stepfather. From for, what a, from what ages? How old were you when he came into uh, your life? Let's see, 10 okay. onwards. I mean, my mom and him were only together for like a year or two, but my they had my sister. Okay. Uh, I have a little sister. And so I would say, you know, 10 onwards because, you know, he's still around. He's still in my life. And um, he... And my mom, when he met my mom and they started dating and then he met me and then they, you know, it's like, where's her dad, blah, blah. And he said he was like, he always explains that it's like when he realized who my dad was, he was like, oh my God, I think I'm supposed to be in this person's life because of this instant mm -hmm. of his brother being his older brother who he looked up to. Very much. Love with his older brother. And you don't have to give this part away because yeah. it's really cool in watch the film. Watch the film. Yeah, watch the film. <laughs> Cliffhanger. <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland's new album is very good. Yeah. It really, I was shocked because we, oh. we do an episode once uh, every couple of years, Actors Who Sing. Oh. And yeah. a lot of times, you know, we're making fun of it. <laughs> but we didn't make fun of it. I was because. Actors Who Sing. We, yeah, when I saw Kiefer Sutherland had mm -hmm. a had an album out, I'm like, oh, oh, oh here, we, here we go. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, wow. Mm, that's well, pretty great. I think he's he's smart because he he took his time with it. He definitely was like a you know he always he was an actor. It's funny he was an actor that really wanted to be a musician. Yeah, my dad was the musician that really wanted to be an actor, <laughs> really badly, <laughs> like really bad. But Kiefer put in a lot of groundwork. I mean, he's he's learned to be a musician over many many years. So I I think I think him. you have to if you're an actor <laughs> and you want to be taken seriously as a yeah. musician and not it's so that it's not just some what do i want to say m money grab or some yeah. you know you really have to your product really has to be top notch when you give it to the public yeah um so again to get the time because i didn't know this 
So you have a younger sister and her mom is your mom and Kiefer is her father. Kiefer's her father. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I'll go home and tell my wife that. (laughs) Because that was, I I agree when, when it's your wedding and he's, and all of a sudden he's walking and it says, you know, your stepdad, it has like Chiron underneath. I was like, what? I don't, what's going on? Yeah, but, and it, I, and but I, then it's all explained. It's all explained, and yeah. you know, I guess for me, a good documentary is when you need to go research some more. You're like, it, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, why did that happen? Let me like Google search it or whatever, or yeah. go to the encyclopedia. Yeah, learn more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what song I'm going to play out with, but Ooh. let's hear let's hear like two more songs. Why have you here? I'll let you pick these songs, okay. and then. And then the song I'm going to play out with is, well, we'll get to it in a second. Okay, let's go to Chicago 8. What do I got from Chicago 8, Kyle? Uh, You have Brand New Love Affair, Parts 1 and 2, Mm -hmm. Till We Meet Again, and Oh, Thank You, Great Spirit. Any of those grab you? I keep picking ones that are in the film. Should I, well, Thank You, Great Spirit, I would go with, but that's in the film. Okay. Should we go for one of the other ones? It's up to you. Sure. Or I can move on to Chicago uh, 10. No, no. It's, uh, what, what, was, what was the first choice again? That one. Brand new love affair. Yeah. Okay. Now I had uh, I had thirty two songs uh, on my playlist tonight, and uh, sometimes we play a lot more songs than we play tonight. But the conversation and the information and this was just fantastic. So thank you, thank you so much for coming here tonight. I appreciate it. Our logo has turned off, so let me turn my. I just turned this off for me. Look up there, look at that magic. Let's do some uh, a little bit of uh, promoting here. The film comes out on December 12th on Video On Demand, mm-hmm. DVD, and Blu-ray. Yep. Uh, there's going to be 30 minutes of special features on the home video release. Yeah. And uh, I, will be, uh, I will be watching those immediately yeah, when I get this. There's some good stuff on there. I'm going to get uh, probably five or six copies of this from Film Rise, who's distributing it. And then you and I will hook up again and I'll get you to sign those yeah. and we'll give those away to our Patreon listeners. Yay. I want to thank Deanna Dore from Jill Goldstein PR and of course Film Rise for helping me set up this uh, interview yeah, with you. Thank you guys. I'm so excited that, you, uh, that you, this is the first place you've talked in person. Yeah. What, what else will you be doing f- for promotion? Um, Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone Magazine? Yeah. I don't think cool. it'll be in print, but yeah, I mean, Online? obviously... Uh, Rolling Stone was almost like uh, Tony, who worked on the film, mm-hmm. was like, if we can get Rolling Stones to recognize your dad, I feel like we've done our job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the next step would be getting him in the top 100 list on Rolling Stone, yeah. but I don't know if that's set in stone already. Well, <laughs> if, if we can, let's, let's exchange emails after this. Yeah. And that way, when these things come out, if you email me links 
Great. I will post them on our Twitter awesome. and on our Facebook page so that people can find these. Okay, perfect. Um, again, iTunes, Amazon. Oh, Vintage Guitar Magazine. Oh, and that's that will that be in will print. Will be in print. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Your dad has never been featured in Guitar Player or some of these other magazines. He's I mean, never. I think uh, over the years, uh, there's been some other stuff over mm. the years as we did Kickstarters and people did little articles here and there. And I feel like guitar. I gotta, gotta look that up. I'll send you some links. Okay. Yeah, I, I want them. <laughs> I want them. Uh, also, uh, December twelfth, gonna have a screening in Beverly Hills. We are gonna have a screening. It's a VIP thing. It's a VIP thing. I got invited. Yes. Gonna go. And my, Kyle cannot go, but I'm going to bring. I, uh, we have I, we have rotating co-hosts here. So my my one of my rotating co-hosts, Mike Siegel. What are you doing, Kyle? Gonna... You should cancel your plans. <laughs> you should. <laughs> I'll try to. Oh, oh, geez. If you do, then I'll have to tell Siegel he's out. Okay. <laughs> oh, but I will. Maybe we can get another ticket. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> someone's going to take. Uh, someone's going to uh, be out. I might uh, be able to do that for you. Yeah, that's <laughs> So now the song that I'm going to play out with, and it's so, it's so, it's so weird that your dad didn't, didn't write this song. Mm, I know where this is going. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's funny when I listen, when I was picking songs, I'm like, oh, this has to be the play out song. And yep. I did not realize that these are the lyrics that Kiefer recites in, right. in his toast so it was important it, here's what i you know and looking the body of work mm -hmm. to put stuff together for the film yeah you have introduction which is the first song on the first album yes and then you have the song you're gonna play little one little one which is on the last album he was ever on yeah i don't think it's the last song on the last album but that would be weird um i can't remember I'll find We're it. Fact checking. Right it now. is the last. Is this the last song? No, the last song. is it? Yeah. The very last track. Oh, yeah. come on. So there you go. So we have a bookend there that I thought was quite important. And little one was what everybody wanted us to end the film with in the rolling credits. Mm -hmm. But I always wanted it to be hour in the shower, which I got my way because you <laughs> are in charge. Because <laughs> I'm in charge. But little one obviously is an important song for so many reasons mm -hmm. because. You know, they wrote the song and, you know, Danny wanted to have my dad sing on it. And then it, he did Danny write away. this song for you? No, he wrote it for one of his children. He had just had a kid. Well, I guess I guess this. I mean, yes. But it's someone um, else. There's co-writers. Yeah. I, um, it's uh, it's I someone I don't say. know. Uh, Walensky. Yeah. Uh, David Walensky. I don't know him nope. either, he's yeah. a he's a keyboard player. He plays um, synthesizer on and he plays Fender Rhodes keyboard on little one so that must have just been danny's uh writing partner because mm. they wrote a couple songs on that album yeah but uh but your dad sings it yeah and beautiful song you can't not think about about yeah. michelle kath sinclair yeah when you hear this song Aww. let's do a little promoting before we play it we're at rock solid show i am at pat underscore francis you are at kyle dotson funny yep. tell us uh websites or any place where we can find out terry kath info or movie info Everything Terry Kath, terrycath.com right That's away. Terrycath.com. And do you run that website? I run that website. Great. Yeah. And uh, with, with some help from people, but really um, I do bulk of the work and I try to update that with things like this podcast will be on there. Fantastic. I'll send you the that. links. There is a Facebook page and the fan group, which is uh, the Terry Kath fan group on Facebook. And we've over the years used the hashtag Terry Kath film. 
Okay. Um, and they'll, you know, you can find things there. So yeah. Perfect. I can't wait for uh, can't wait for my listeners to hear this episode. I can't wait for your fans and Terry's yeah. fans to hopefully find this and enjoy love this it. conversation we had and seek out Terry Kath music. There's so many, again, I said, I have 32 songs yeah. in this playlist tonight that Terry either wrote or sang and he played on everything. And he's really, he's a legendary guitarist yeah. and people need to know that. So let's play out Kyle with a uh, little one. And I didn't awesome. cry. And I hope I don't you cry, might now. cry now. I'm going to try not to. <laughs> oh, Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. It's so nice to have you near me to feel once again the love you bring here. Oh, my little one. So